creations, and the herbs came from her own garden. Two years ago, the little beauty shop next to the cafe went out of business, and Leona bought the building. She started a second business, Natural Solutions, selling herbal soaps, candles, shampoos, and cooking ingredients. But she was soon overwhelmed by the amount of time it took to make the many little products, time taken from the established business of her restaurant. She couldn't afford to hire a company to make the herbal products for her, wouldn't buy artificial ingredients, and buying natural products to sell seemed a duplication of effort. She began to think that acquiring the building had been a mistake. Then a friend complimented her on a potion she had made, not a tea, not a medicine, but beer. Leona's husband had made beer. He'd learned how from his grandfather, who had made it during Prohibition. Leona had been surprised at how easy it was and how natural. Like her other herbal preparations, there was nothing artificial in it. Barley, water, yeast, and hops formed the basic recipe. Her friend said Leona's brews tasted even better than her husband's had. So she continued to experiment with the many varieties of hops and yeasts, the occasional sugar or herbal flavoring, and brewing at higher and lower temperatures until she had four or five different brews that were really, really good. Two had won blue ribbons at the Minnesota State Fair. When Leona found out a microbrewery in St. Paul was closing and the equipment was to be offered at auction, she went over for a look at it. It was good quality stuff, well cared for. She put in what she was sure was a too low bid and won. Then she went to cash in some investments to pay for the remodeling of the herb shop, only to discover that most of the money had gone missing. From the holes in his story, she theorized that her dishonest investment counselor had taken it to cover some earlier thefts. Leona had already mortgaged her house to transform Curl Up and Die into Natural Solutions, and she feared that she would lose everything, until a friend, Billy Leslie, came forward with a proposal. Billy had experience in restaurant management, and wanted to try ownership. For a share in Leona's place, she would contribute an amount equal to the purloined funds. After a short hesitation, Leona agreed. Although as a rule she didn't like sharing, Leona was pleased to find that Billy worked just as hard as she did in the barley wine, and at present that work was paying for itself. Still, it would have been nice to be sole proprietor, to make all the decisions by herself, and quickly. Billy took forever to make up her mind about things. Why couldn't I have stayed with herbals like a good traditional witch? She asked herself as she sat on her back porch, watching the clouds close in again and feeling a fresh breeze spring up. But she knew the answer to that. From an early age, she had marched to the beat of a different drummer. Her parents, good Lutherans, had been amused at first, then bemused then disappointed in their younger daughter. So had Leona's elder sister, Judy. It had taken Judy years to come around, but her parents never did. Leona's daughter, Willow, practiced Wicca, but very subtly. Good thing Willow's husband was agnostic. It would be interesting to see what beliefs they transmitted to their children when, if they ever had any. Meanwhile, she would continue brewing beer. For one thing, it was organic, and it was old, old, old. The earliest example of writing, a clay cuneiform tablet, 
proved to be a Sumerian inventory of warehoused beer. The ancient Egyptians, on break from building pyramids, drank beer. Beer and wine were safer than untreated water, knowledge people treasured down the centuries. Benjamin Franklin said that beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Leona had done a counted cross-stitch of that motto and hung it up at the barley wine, even though she didn't believe in the God old Ben was talking about. One good thing about having a partner in business was that Leona occasionally had time to indulge in another one of her passions, needlework. She directed a mental blessing at Betsy Devonshire and her shop, Cruel World. Nice to have it local, well-run, and well-stocked with lots of counted cross-stitch patterns. Too bad poor Betsy thought she had to spend Sunday morning in church, praying that her shop continued to do well.